politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew against all our enemies, including the jihadists. Uh, This day of rage is certainly not going to get me off my great game. Uh, Obviously, thank God, the one thing we still have separating us from Europe is our firearms. And make sure you have them close. Live your life normally. Don't be afraid. Be prepared. And that is really the lesson today. Uh, It is Friday the 13th, (laughs) except it's not a bunch of... uh, uh, you know, Freddy Krueger monster shows. It's worse than that. It's Islamic Jihad, not just in every single Arab capital, but more prominent in every single Western major city. And it seems like every university. So I want to get into some of that, what happened to our colleges, our border. We're going to get through that as well. In many respects, the week started off in a way that none of us could have expected. And it at first, I was like, man, you know, this throws me off my game. But, you know, with House Republicans basically deadlocked doing nothing and we're not doing anything about anything we wanted to do anyway, that's when I started to realize perhaps this could be the cathartic moment. I know you guys are going to laugh, roll your eyes. Daniel, nothing's going to be the cathartic moment. And maybe that's true. But we got to try to make it that way. And I think it's important to recognize that while we we in this audience are very America first. We don't really care about much else going on in the world. And honestly, I don't. I just want even one state to be saved and we could kind of make that our Noah's Ark and let everyone else go to hell. But it is important to recognize that the problem we're facing is not really uniquely American. Any diagnosis and therefore ensuing solution that you concoct for what is wrong with our government, our institutions, our culture, our system. Name me a Western democracy that is not at least as bad. Name me one that doesn't have these problems. I I can't really think of one. It 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 only gets worse from there. You know, if we let in X number of Muslims, well, you go over to Europe and Canada, they let in even more. So the question is, will this be a turning point for borders, culture, immigration policies, self-defense policies? You know, it started off in Israel, but again, this is really everywhere. This is everywhere. The issue is, how is it that our entire country spontaneously has all this Hamas rallying? It's just bizarre. And it wasn't even when Israel announced their intentions. It was while they were still slaughtering everyone. Israel didn't even respond yet. And they were already rallying. Real bizarre. Genocidal as well. Just be clear. When you see these rallies, it's not even like rallying for a decrepit ideology. They're celebrating mass murder and torture. That They're celebrating that. It's not like, okay, they're okay with it. Again, this had nothing to do with even protesting Gaza. It was before Israel went into Gaza. So we're going to get into this and a lot more, but very apropos, we are sponsored by Patriot Academy today. I will be out at their next constitutional defense course, learning not how to just shoot, but how to win a defensive situation. Move and shoot, draw from a holster, clear malfunctions, 
have that combat readiness mindset. It's a four-day course. A lot of you have taken it with me some multiple times. I promise you, you cannot take it enough. You get a little rusty. This will be my seventh time, I think. Uh, December 18th, I will be there for the four-day course. Go to patriotacademy.com slash Daniel to find out the information, the cost, logistics. It's at their Fredericksburg, Texas campus. So we have our largest audience in Texas, so you guys have no excuse. You don't even have to fly. Bring your own ammo. Um, If you have to fly, obviously, it's better just to buy it there from Patriot Academy. They sell it discounted, and it really will change your life. Again, we have the breakdown of Western civilization, okay? It, 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 it manifests itself with Hamas, with Hezbollah, with a, a bunch of hyenas from all over the world coming to our border through our visa system, our domestic problems with BLM Antifa, the mental health crazy psychotic shooters we have. I mean, it's unlimited what we're facing. So uh, the likelihood that you will be in a defensive situation has gone up you know, a million percent in the last few years. So head over to patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. Um, There's a number of courses throughout the fall. It's a really nice time of year to go down there. It's not too hot, not too cold. Uh, But I will personally be at the December 18th one if you want to meet me and other members of this audience, patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. So we already have, there's a stabbing in a school in, Arras, France, a teacher dead, two students wounded. You have the suspect there yelling Allah Akbar. Again, the same thing they yelled rampaging in Israel throughout those communities. This is a global problem. Uh, there was another stabbing in, in China. An Israeli diplomat was was stabbed in broad daylight. Uh, obviously, they're rushing Israel's border from Jordan, from Lebanon. Uh, every Arab city is these hyenas you know, roaming around. And then, yes, every Western city has it as well. I, look, maybe call me naive, but I'm hoping this will finally be the cathartic moment. Um, obviously, you saw the quote from Jake Tapper saying, big leftist journalist, a, par- a guy who is so part of the system, saying, you know, a lot of liberals and progressives really have to, they're really having a reawakening about the anti-Semitism on the left. I don't know if you guys saw this. If not, I want to play a clip. It's a little bit disjointed, but you'll be able to hear it. This is from at Washington University, one of a million of our universities where you have these pro-Hamas, genocidal, uh, belligerent chanting and rallies. And there is this student who says she is Jewish, uh, yeah, maybe a 19, 20-year-old girl. Um, and she's look, it appears like she's crying out to maybe a professor or someone to stop this Hamas rally there. Take a listen right here. They want our people dead. They want us killed. So obviously it's hard to tell, but I'm assuming she's, you know, she's probably not 
kind of like a biblical Jew, but maybe somewhat, you know, has a Jewish soul in her, probably secular, but, you know, feels something for her people. And um, she's just, you know, if you watch the video, you could see the anguish on her face and just, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I have no way of knowing it's some random girl, but I have to assume at that age and demographic, she is probably, you know, you you take a a twenty year old girl female uh, who's Jewish, but not you know unless they're Orthodox biblical Jews, ninety percent they're leftists, and you know I can only imagine the amount of people that marched around with BLM and these guys, and you know go and hug a Muslim student here and there and throughout the years, and then all of a sudden within a day they see their world crumble around them and how all of them, they're not just siding with them, but they're literally cheering on the slaughtering and rape of Jews. So, um, you know, there, I, I, that's the question. How many people are going to wake up and taste the flavor of the fist of the left in Islam, which works together and always has, by the way? So I take no pride in, in the anguish that people are going through, but... Hopefully, this will serve as a cathartic moment. Now, I want to say something about the colleges. This is a very important action item. Obviously, as I said yesterday, you can't squelch First Amendment. It will be used against us. We don't want to do that. Now, I don't mind a student asking uh, the administration to shut it down. If it's a private university, they don't have to allow that to go on. That is not really protected by First Amendment. You can't have the government doing that, but they don't have to allow something like that. Number two... You can't categorically say you can't fly a PLO flag or whatever, but unlike other rallies, they they are getting violent. So obviously that needs to be clamped down upon. Um, number three, so we let in foreign students beyond belief. I want you to understand this. It, remember the Pensacola naval base that was attacked? You had this jihadist kill five people. And then we found out he was a Saudi pilot training on our naval bases. And we found out that we have as many of a thousand, a thousand Saudi people training with our Navy or Air Force. And then there's, I think, a few hundred Turks and Egyptians as well. And we begged Trump to shut it down. But of course, Esper, his defense secretary, was an animal. Uh, went and said, we're actually going to double the program. We begged Trump to arm our soldiers on our own freaking bases, which he promised when he campaigned. And of course, he didn't do it because the commanders told me they don't want it. That, By the way, that is what really got me off of Trump. That, I mean, that was a couple months before COVID. That's unbelievable, but no one wants to talk about that. Uh, but, but I'm not here to talk about Trump today. The point is that... And it turned out this guy had crazy jihadist social media postings. So our government let in Saudi pilots to our military, joint military training that openly had these like Sharia type of postings. So ask yourself this, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know we have in a given year 20 to 25,000 Saudis here in our civilian colleges on student visas, F1 visas, another like, I wish I had the numbers in front of me, 12,000 or so Iranians. Yeah, I mean, we're in a state of cold war with them and we 
let in their people. Well, then again, we're in a state of Cold War with China, and we let in two to 250,000 Chinese foreign students a year. Um, again, you count it up, it's at least 100,000 from Muslim countries. I know we let in a ton from Nigeria as well, which is 50% Muslim. We let in 200,000 from India, and India's mostly not, but 14% of the country is Muslim. So again, you know, if it would be proportionate, which I have no way of proving if it is or isn't, that would be another 28,000 from India. We let in a hell of a lot of Muslims um, into our universities, which is why this has been known even before this, that Jews cannot be openly, like, you know, have like a Jewish student union. They have big problems um, on these campuses because of BLM Antifa and, and uh, um as well as, obviously, the Islamists. So that needs to be shut down, okay? Uh, I mean, we need to end this foreign student stuff. I, I just want to say, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've quoted this before, but it's worth hearing. I, I put this in my book, Stolen Sovereignty. This guy uh, who is a professor, Wil Wilford McClay, he once observed a real incisive essay he had um I'm trying to think when this was. It was last decade I picked this up. How the explosion of foreign students has undermined the formation of young people into fully informed and fully equipped citizens of the United States knowledgeable about their own history and institutions. The problem was with cosmopolitanism is not with the more expansive world it opens to us, but with the more proximate world it encourages us to neglect. Um, now, Obviously, he's wrong when it comes to Islam because it isn't what we let in. He was focusing on we just forget about America. You know, our institutions, they should be patriotic. Um, and now it's it's a double whammy because we're, we're letting in the jihad. That needs to be shut down. And moreover, Qatar and Turkey and the Muslim Brotherhood fund a lot of activities on colleges. They fund a lot of religion we can't shut down Islam in America, but what we can do is a foreign country doesn't have a constitutional right to fund religion, to fund uh, colleges. We need legislation banning that, and I'm going to be working to get someone to introduce that. Uh, Dave Bratt, my old buddy who defeated Eric Kanner, the majority leader at the time, he had a bill um, doing just that, at least on the religion side. There also is a state um, – a state – legislative action item I want to push. So some of these are, are private institutions like Columbia and Washington University. You're seeing that. But there also is obviously a lot of the state universities, uh, which is a tremendous percentage of foreign students. States need to shut this down. A state could say that we are not accepting um, from these Islamic countries. We're not accepting uh, anything from Qatar and, and things like that. So we need to bar funding from foreign institutions. And look, if you're like, oh, I don't want to pick and choose, so then bar all foreign students. We, 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 I mean, foreign influence. If that's what it takes, then fine. I don't care. But certainly we shouldn't have jihad uh, being funded. I think that is something we can do in the red states. Um, and then, again, culturally, we got to fix this. I know DeSantis is, is gradually working on turning University of Florida uh, over. And, you know, a red state public university should reflect our values. I mean, there is no right for it to be a certain way. Now, again, once it's a state-funded institution, you know there, there are you can't squelch First Amendment of the students here and the American students, and there are plenty of American leftist students joining with this. Um, 
but uh, but obviously, again, you know, we could at least deal with the funding. We could at least deal with the foreign students. We got to shut that down. We got to shut that down immediately, expeditiously. Um, oh yeah, just forgot. Look, as part of a gun owner, you got to train. You got to practice. You got to be strategic. You got to be aware. But you got to clean your gun, okay? If you're going to practice a lot, you're going to use ammo. You got to. You can't fail. Where right? you have a bunch of hyenas attack your you and your loved ones, and uh, what we've learned, whether it's Hamas, whether it's BLM, they love to attack in packs. That's just what they love to do. By the way, what a bunch of bastards! What a bunch of losers! Pathetic. What a bunch of fags. Like, they'll come to a bunch of women and surround them with, like, 50 of these guys. But then in Gaza, they're blocking the civilians from leaving because they can't function without human shields. No wonder why BLM always loves them. You know how BLM, like, with the knockout, you see these videos with 20 of them surrounding one person? That That's what they tend to do. So, uh, look, you need a lot of ammo. You need high high magazine capacity. Um, but ultimately, you got to clean your gun. You can't afford to have it jam. Although, by the way, with our Patriot Academy classes, one of the big things is we teach you how to not panic and how to be back in the fight um, with a type 1, type 2, or type 3 malfunction and clear it within you know one to three seconds, depending on whether it's type 1 or type 3. Uh, but again, you got to clean your gun. I recommend BarrelBuddy.com. They're patriots. They're ingenious in their... Uh, engineering of this cartridge that it's very firm but very flexible at the same time fits through your barrel pump it through it's the cleanest most efficient way no lint no fibers no threads from those patches and cloths that that i used to use i don't use that anymore um they are really again 50 of these cartridges for 15 bucks barrelbuddy.com today i just want to dispense of of one thing before moving on to the border today just one thing I think that is very important, and that is the conspiracy theories. Let me make something very clear. It is important to ask questions. Nothing should be off limits. You know, you shouldn't be shouted down for asking certain things. People are very confused, okay? We're constantly being bombarded with the next current thing. The next current thing where there's just emoting on social media and it's always getting us to do something. And, and you know, you should have PTSD from this. And we all do. We saw it with COVID. We saw it with BLM and Floyd. We saw it with January 6th. We saw it with Ukraine. So it's understandable how there are some of my colleagues, some of my allies are like, all right, Daniel, what is with this Israel business? I don't know. Did Israel invent this? Is this made up? Is it concocted? Is it just designed to control us, to get us to a certain thing? And, you know, it's important to indulge it and not swat it down because I myself have, you know, pushed that narrative and a lot of other things. But I want to give a couple of pointers, a couple of insights. One thing is, and, and, and by the way, I'm going to have a full hour of this on with my colleague Jason Whitlock. Um, it will air this afternoon on, on The Blaze. So those of you who are Blaze, Blaze subscribers, as you should be, uh, make sure to tune in to today's episode of Whitlock. He has me on for a full hour. You know, he's like, look, I'm very confused. I don't know anything about the dynamic there, the history, what's going on. You know, I want to make sure this is not a racket, what's going on. 
And and I really go in very deeply, so I'm, I'm not going to have enough time to get through it today. You're going to want to listen to that because I engage him very patiently because I think it's 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 worthwhile. Um, number one is, pointer, don't throw out all of history, everything you know. So we know jihad has existed since the time of Muhammad. Any religious Christian or Jew understands exactly what they're about. It exists regardless of the Western oligarchs, and, and it's a threat precisely for the Western oligarchs. So, you know, it's not just that, oh, I have this narrative that the Western oligarchs, Western countries, Western media lies about everything, so everything has to be their fault. Actually, this is also their fault. They created this, okay? I mean, they prevented Israel from defending themselves for 50 years, which is why they're in their position. Israel's own government has turned very liberal in many, in many respects, has done that. Um, and then we've let it into the West. So it's like, you know, as someone wants to say, I don't know, like the Holocaust is made up. Some people are questioning. They want to question everything. And it's it's fine in a vacuum, but it just don't be just a knucklehead where you're just reactionary and everything is not true. There's got to be a preponderance of evidence. And it's got to go with, you know, you can't throw out years of history. A lot of this stuff you know, that came up is new. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden. There's nothing all of a sudden. The attack obviously was all of a sudden. But, you know, they've been firing rockets forever. They've been trying to do this forever. Um, and certainly, even if you don't believe what's going on in Israel, I mean, you don't need to do anything there. The problem is on our shores. The rampaging throughout the Western cities and universities, that is real. That's happening. That's number one. Number two is you got to look for an action item. So immediately it's BLM had immediate action items, okay, of what they wanted us to do. January 6th, arresting people. Um, they use it for something. What are they using this for? Daniel, but there's just a lot of emoting. All right, there's sympathy. I mean, look, I mean, the Holocaust is still fresh. There are still some people alive, and I mean, this was pretty bad. I think there is a human element to even the liberal media that was brought around to those areas and saw that. Now, again, once this Gaza thing commences, they're going to turn on them like they always do. So there's that. Number three is you have to watch for a pre-planned set of marching orders. It's always there. They don't exist. To the extent there's astroturfing, it's actually on the other side. There was no like pro-Israel like stuff planned. No, it's within minutes you had these Hamas rallies. Also notice there's no Israeli flag avatars. There's no push for that. There's no you know, Congress wearing. There, there's that, that shows that someone's organizing it. No one's doing that. Now you might have some Israelis or maybe non-Israeli Jew, Jewish Zionists that always had Israeli flags in their avatars. But you don't have just an endless litany of anyone who's not associated with them having another country's flag. I'm not seeing that. There's no There's no push for that. There's no push to... Get American soldiers involved. There's no put, you know, it, it's it's more like this philosophical debate of what Israel should do in God. So, I mean, whatever, you know, it, it's, it's nothing to do with, no one's getting you to do anything. If anything, there's been a positive, a reawakening of the need for self-defense, border security, visas. And, but, but again, we have to, I, I do sympathize with people that have PTSD about, rampaging about Islam and then parlaying that into another Middle Eastern war like we did after 9-11. We're at war, all of humanity, Islam, you know. 
But again, I would point out that George W. Bush is the one that said it's a religion of peace, and he, he was off message. He made it about spreading democracy. None of us are doing that. You know, and to the extent there are people like Lindsey Graham, I mean, they're discredited and we obviously need to oppose that. So it's where are we taking that? Be vigilant. Where is this headed? But I'm not seeing it headed in a bad direction and we need to guide it in the right direction. Um, that's that's the bottom line. The astroturfing is from the other side. And also, in, as far as like Snake Island with Ukraine, all these made up things, that was actually, you know, it was the Ukraine people putting that out. Here, in this case, it's the it's the debunkers, it's the Palestinian people that are proven wrong. They're the ones putting out these memes. Oh, the, you know, you saw that there were charred bodies of babies. Oh, that's AI generated. Turns out it's not true, that that was actually correct. Um, the only time you find misinformation is just the fog of war, literally minute to minute. Oh, you know, Le Lebanon attacked. Oh, no, no, they didn't. No, you know, it's just, but it's corrected within a few minutes. It doesn't perpetuate. It's just naturally the ebbs and flow of watching a war in real time. But, you know, whether it's, you know, the adults were decapitated and the babies burned or this number decap. I mean, dude, it's within the freaking margins. It's not disproven. It's just stupid. And if anything, there seems to be an, a bizarre astroturf um, agenda to, to disprove it and actually be wrong about it. Um, the astroturfing is on the other side. The premeditated agenda, to the extent it exists, um, there was no spontaneous Jewish conspiracy that did anything. It's In three seconds, Islam was just on fire everywhere. So again, it, it, it is what it is. To the extent that you're surprised that the Biden admin and even the European admins and, you know, um, some of these people, uh, the media is just being sympathetic to Israel for once. I mean, it's going to change. It's just you know, sometimes there are times in life where you can believe what's in front of your eyes, that something is just because, again, I, I think. It's not that something this horrific never happened in any place on on planet Earth recently, but it does jolt a lot of Westerners, and, and, and maybe I'm it's wishful thinking, but I think, and and I, I don't think it will last. But we need to create a cathartic moment. Whether you're an American leftist, a French leftist, they're watching, you know, a nice kind of suburban Western community where savages were able to come in and do that. And then within 24 hours, they're watching their streets with thousands of rampaging crazies, bloodthirsty nuts. I, I do think it is possible that at least momentarily, the media elements of them, and by the way, this point, I mean, the New York Times is still with their, doing their anti-Israel stuff. But that there is some desire to survive, that that finally, possibly, the survival instinct kicked in. Again, like that video, that 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 audio I just played for you from that student at Washington University. I mean, you could tell it was just they didn't know. I mean, we we all kind of chuckle. I was like, hey, hey, yeah, uh, hey, honey. <laughs> Time to smell the, the the fist of Antifa and BLM and Hamas. I mean, that's what these guys do. 
Um, the religion of peace is the religion of pieces. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is. So, you know, this is not, you know, when Lindsey Graham says this is an attack on all of us, he means that we need to go and do regime change in the Middle East. But it is a t an attack on all civilized civilization. Um, Islam is at war with us. And, you know, it's not that is you could say the Israelis did this. Well, I mean, they're in all of our cities. So, again, we need to, in many respects, I believe that this is, in a, and, and, and look, with commensurate with everything horrific is an opportunity to do the right thing. And I think we actually do have an opportunity to do a do-over, a do-over of 9-11, to do it right, and to focus on Islam and I'll just say it straight out. That's the problem. Okay, let, let's let's be very clear. Let's be very clear. It's not a few people. It's not a few extremists. Now, it doesn't mean someone could officially be Muslim and they just don't practice that. And they could be decent people, and there certainly are. And I've met some, like, like in any group of people. But it is a systemic problem in the mosques, in the educational institutions. Um, you know... When I go to synagogue and you have a religious leader or a rabbi speak during these um, during prayers this time, even in response to something this horrific, it's not like people get up there from the pulpit, death to Gaza. No one talks about that. It's how you improve interpersonal relationships, how we repent internally, treat each other better, and be worthy of God's mercy. It's Jews, it's Catholics, it's Protestants. That's what really every religion does. There's only one religion that is has issues. I mean, there is no other religion in post-enlightenment that fights with each other. You know, pretty much uh, with the peace lasting in Northern Ireland between the Catholic and Protestant militias there, you know, it's, it's held. And, and Islam is the only issue. And I'm sorry, you don't let that crap in your country. And those who are not citizens yet and they're doing this crap should be thrown out. Again, you got to respect the Constitution. Um, got to respect the First Amendment. But at the same time, you know, if you have um, Jewish students, you know, doing something and these guys are just going physically attack them, I mean, they should be prosecuted to the fullest extent. You know, often they, they, they give a lot of leeway with these type of things. So that's what it is. We have an opportunity on the border. We have an opportunity um, with visas. We have an opportunity with the universities. We have the opportunity in red states to say we're not going to do this. And yes, and yes, it is time to form citizens' posses. I'm bringing back my idea from two years ago that I, I want to see sheriffs work with, with communities to have communities deputized people to, to stand guard. Like we said, well, three years ago, we said during BLM, Antifa, this is what we need. And it's time we have a little bit of a show of force. Again, to be clear, no one is suggesting that you ever attack or intimidate or much less shoot anyone, any innocent person. But 
let me just say, we should not be the ones cowering in our own country. Those SOBs that maybe they're not terrorists themselves, but they sympathize with them and walk around shouting to Allah, those guys should have their heads down now and repent. And I'll leave it at that. You know, uh, I'm having, my, my wife's a graphic artist, so I, I asked her to do a cartoon for me based on the BLM thing about the people parachuting, terrorists parachuting in on the paragliders. Well, we'll have some sort of picture of a bunch of patriots on the ground with, uh, with ARs doing a turkey shoot. That's, that's what needs to happen with that. And I think it, that needs to be made clear. Hey, you know, you took over Europe. Try that in the small town here. And that's ultimately what we need to do. Be ready, not afraid. Be ready. Be ready for all of it. All of this insanity. Just remember, there's something about, and, and again, a lot of this is spiritual, it's biblical. There's something about the so-called Arab-Palestinians that it, it just, it's like a metal detector for evil. It detects evil in any group, whether it's BLM or any leftist cause. They're all magnetized to it. They all gravitate around that. So this thing kind of emboldens them. I mean, that's that's my fear. When I start talking about like this level of house-to-house gruesomeness, I'm not just saying that it will necessarily be Islamists that do that. So that is definitely something we all need to be on the lookout for in the coming days. Um, moving on to the border. Moving on to the border. So... I want to get into this. Where is this here? You might have seen that we have let in a bunch of SIAs, okay? So we had a bunch of people come to the border that are from these sort of countries, Lebanon, Syria, Iran, Egypt. And and, and again, by the way, when, when you see Islamists from a country of Egypt, be very afraid. Because Egypt has a pretty decent, relatively, leader, al-Sisi. He's actually persecuting the Muslim Brotherhood. So guess where they come? It, it, meaning, if you're leaving Egypt now, you're going to the Darien Gap. Usually they go through either Colombia or Brazil, money, you know, launder some sort of documents, and then get up to Panama before they eventually ride the trail to our border. Those people are there for a reason. Just understand that. So Fox News put this out. Uh, over the last two years, we've we've caught 659 Iranians, 538 Syrians, 164 Lebanese nationals, among many others from the Islamic world. That's a lot of people. It's, it's, it's grown exponentially, and that's what we caught. Remember, typically uh, they pay the cartels three to $5,000 to cross, but if they see you're a Muslim – they're going because they know that that you don't want to get caught. Um, they will charge often up to twenty thousand dollars. So you better believe a lot of them are being crossed. So you know what they'll do is they'll have a suicide load. They'll put across a bunch of women and children from Guatemala or something, throw them to CBP, and then that's when they'll pass things like SIAs as they would if they want to get in a cartel or gang leader that they want to you know get into the U.S. to do something and they don't want to be detected, that, that's an old strategy that, that they've been doing forever. 
Um, so th- those are pretty big numbers. Now, obviously, they're nothing like the numbers we bring in through the front door. By my count, we brought in roughly 230,000 Iranians, 70,000 Syrians, and 63,000 Lebanese, and 200,000 Iraqis in about an 18-year period. Just remember, uh, some of you might have seen this massive Hamas rally in Belgium. I, I looked up the amount of Muslims we bring in roughly on average um, in a five-year period is more than the entire Muslim population of Belgium. Now, percentages matter. They're the per- Relative to their population, they have a greater share, but numbers matter too. In other words... You could have a country 330 million, and you could have a country 10 million. But, you know, let's just say you have a million Muslims. You know, you're going to have the same percent, same issues that a a certain percentage of those are going to be a big problem. And it doesn't take too many to cause systemic problems. So we, we got a very, very serious issue. You know, again, I mean, those of us growing up, I, I didn't even know what a Muslim was. Or, I mean, I watched the news of what was always going on in Israel and, this, you know, things like that. I, I didn't, I, I never saw one, didn't understand what it was. And then suddenly, right around 9-11, we just started seeing them everywhere. And now they're, they're just, they're everywhere. Bangladesh is just huge, huge. Hundreds of thousands we brought in from there. People forget that, um, you know, they, they, they think of, when they think of, like, Allah Akbar, it's like Iran, Iraq, you know, Lebanon, Syria, maybe Egypt, a little bit Turkey. But but you'd be surprised. I mean, they have these animalistic um, cells, and, and, and a lot of them, in in in, in large numbers. Uh, I'll never forget, I, I, was, I was in the top 10 in the Maryland Geography when I was in middle school, Maryland Geography B., and when I won the regional thing, one of the final – I don't think it was a final question – was actually what is the most populous Muslim nation? And people often think Egypt or you know Iran or something like that. And uh, I, I got it right. It was Indonesia. You got Indonesia. You got Malaysia. You got, you got Bangladesh. You got Myanmar, which by the way, Mitch McConnell is obsessed with protecting the persecuted. Again, just like in Bosnia – the so-called persecuted are the Islamists there, so that's a whole other thing. We've let in a ton of those people uh, through our refugee resettlement program, which just became a Muslim resettlement program. Just, I mean, utterly insane. But, but, um, do you know the country where we have the most illegal aliens from now? Okay, so, you know, let's say we're letting in SIAs in the hundreds. Let me tell you something. It used to be Mexico, then maybe Honduras, Guatemala. There's a period of time it was Cuba, Haiti, which we still have a lot from all those places. Obviously, by far, the last 18 months, the number one place is Venezuela. To just give you a sense, the amount caught by CBP in September was 66,000 in one month. Do you understand? That's an annualized pace of Venezuelans. Doesn't mean it's that pace every month, but annualized, that would be over 700,000. I want you to think about that for a minute. Now, you're probably thinking gangbangers, impoverished, cultural problems, all of it. It's true. Did you know that Venezuela is a quasi-Arab state? I used to do shows on this last decade with Joseph Humeyer. Maybe I'll have him back on. 
He's our resident Latin American kind of migration expert. Um, long story, Hezbollah set up shop. There, Hezbollah's all over Latin America, all over Latin America. Big, big problem. We pissed around in the Middle East, and rather than having a Monroe Doctrine, we allowed Russia, China, Turkey, um, and Iran, and Hezbollah to set up shop all over Latin America. We should have had a Monroe Doctrine. We focused there, not in our own hemisphere. So that's where we are today. Um, it is a big, big problem. Big, 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 big problem. They have a massive industry. Hezbollah, the reason why Hezbollah has so much independent wealth more than Hamas is because of the cocaine industry. They have other kind of illicit activities too, but the big one is cocaine. Um, basically, uh, and, and I, I used to have Derek Maltz who was um, involved in this. He was the head of special operations for DEA under Bush and really good guy. He lost his brother in Afghanistan so he talked about this a lot, and we, we used to talk about this for years. And then in 2017, Politico had this expose about Operation Cassandra. It was basically a joint counterterror crime task force, uh, you know, State Department, DOD, DOJ, DOJ led it, where you had businesses run by Shiite immigrants, think Michigan, in the U.S., Often used car lots, <laughs> you know, another uh, uh, stereotype there, used car lots, and they would funnel the money through the drug trade. And it was believed to be funding terrorism, you know, all over the world in Hezbollah. So, you know, they're, they're, their operatives are here through all the Shiite immigration, Lebanese immigration, Syrian immigration. Michigan is is ground zero for that, but they're, they're elsewhere, too. They're in Texas uh, in, in large numbers. And their base of operation in this hemisphere is Venezuela. They've created such a degree of cross-cultural ties. This has been going back decades. It goes back very long. They have, you could Google this, the exact population. It's in the hundreds of thousands of Arabs. Arabs, like, so you have a massive Lebanese-Syrian diaspora living there to the point where the former vice president, he just actually recently resigned. He was vice president. He was a energy gas minister or something like that, hopped around in Maduro's pathetic cabinet there. His name is Tariq Alasyami. <laughs> Very Hispanic sounding, right? And then the current... Now, he, he was a total terrorist involved in, in all this. I don't know much about the current guy. If he's involved in terrorism, he might just... Whatever, he might be a nothing. But Tariq William Saab is the attorney general right now. Again, it would, it would shock a lot of people. He's a Lebanese national... So that's how strong it is. So you don't even have to launder visas. You straight up let in, let's say, a half a million Venezuelans. I mean, Biden just pardoned with TPS 472,000. An additional 60,000 were flown in through the airports. I mean, there's no way that a certain percentage of them are not Lebanese Syrian. There is no way. Now, under our current system, you come in, you're from Lebanon, from Syria, you get an automatic FBI investigation. FBI comes down and interviews them. That, that's what it means in SIA, special interest alien. Now, whether you trust the FBI or nothing, you know, to do the right thing, that's, an, that's a separate story. But on paper, there's more vetting. You come from Venezuela, oh, that's, that's just another Hispanic country. And in fact, not just is it another Hispanic country, but it's like, oh, it's terrible, Maduro. They're being treated with greater respect. Like, you know, to the extent we're sending back some, it's not the Venezuelans. 
We're, we're, we're letting them in. We're giving them status. So imagine that. You're Hezbollah. And the American government tells you that the number one source that we're going to let in in numbers and give the greatest, you know, tendentious treatment and status and benefits, it happens to be the number one country of your base of operations, your governmental control, and your raw population. Remember, you're a Lebanese Syrian living there. You speak fluent Spanish. You know, you go to up to a CBP officer, what CBP officer can tell, you know, you're kind of dark-skinned, you know, to, to us Americans, I, I, I'm horrible at that. I can't tell the difference between, you know, you get Venezuelan or, you know, if you're from China, I can think we could tell. But if you're from uh, Venezuela or Syria, I, we're not going to be able to tell that. Speak perfect Spanish. And you'll have legitimate Venezuelan documents. Do you, do you understand how many Hezbollah cells are in Venezuela? Working with Maduro? You look at these guys and you see a lot of the tattooed up dudes and we think it's like an MS-13 problem and, and, and that's bad enough. But also just remember there's a massive, massive terrorist angle to that. Again, you could not have conjured up a more backwards strategy on terrorism over the last 20 years. We focused on letting them in depleting our resolve resources, lives, blood, and treasure over, overseas, and then clamping down on American civil liberties. That's, that's basically what we did. Now it needs to be the opposite. I love that picture of the Israeli, uh, I don't know what he is, like interior minister or something like that, handing out rifles in, in Samaria. That's what we need. Close the border, give states deportation power, um, Turn all of our investigations loose on the you know states should do this on their own on on Hezbollah activity. It's all over the place in this country. By the way, it ties into the whole drug crisis as well, mainly cocaine. Um, but the cocaine is being laced with fentanyl, by the way, too. And uh, very much the European drug trade is is run by by the Hezbos, and that's where they get their money. That's where they get their money. And they, they're here. I mean, under the Trump administration, you were forever watching DOJ arrest these people that had, were in the country for years. They were trained Hezbollah guys. I've written on that before. God help us. I mean, the amount of people that we have let in is just enormous. I mean, they have enough to kill us a million times over. We gotta pray. We gotta be prepared. That's what it's all about. But we gotta get it right. Again, the action items. Pull out all of our support from the Middle East. Notice, I'm not saying, oh, we need to get involved. The opposite. Stop funding Iran. Pull out CENTCOM from Qatar. We need more focus on Qatar. By the way, Qatar, do you know that Pedro Gonzalez, um, my friend uh, Pedro, he dug this up. They paid registered foreign agents $72.3 million since 2015. That is a greater lobbying operation than Apple or the NRA. Cutter. Cutter is the problem. 
That's where the money is. That is where the... By the way, the cutter is now threatening to cut off gas if Israel doesn't stop, you know, in Gaza. Um, you know... And, and again, I want to understand... I want to say this. I am, the, I am the most emphatic about not getting us embroiled in someone else's stuff and not putting American lives at risk. But at the same point, we have a robust tools of, of statecraft. And we're not pacifists. And there's a way of having peace through strength. And what a sane American president would do, I agree it's Israel's fight, but I mean, we're up to like 27 Americans killed so far, and maybe another 20 or so missing, probably held hostage or killed as hostages. That's a pretty steep price already. What, what I would do is... I would use our soft power to demand Qatar hand over uh, the leaders of Hamas. Okay, I mean, that that is something that should be done. We could totally bankrupt them. Qatar needs to be treated like Iran. Instead, our government is, is in bed with them. Both parties are in bed with them. The defense establishment is in bed with them. See, this is what I'm telling you. A lot of you conspiracy theorist types, you're getting the players wrong. You'll see, I talk about this with Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock, like, and, and, and God bless him, I, he really didn't know, and, and to his credit, that's why he had me on to educate. He thought that Israel was clamping down on civil liberties with the whole judicial reform fight, and, and, uh, and that's why they created this, and I said, I was like, Jason, do you know that it's the left and the and Soros and the Biden State Department that funded that. They're leftist protesters. I think because he thought they were military protesting. And I said, hey, Jason, take a look at that rainbow flag that they have on that Israeli flag there. It's it's leftist. So it's the other side. I mean, you think, oh, yeah, the military-industrial complex wants another war. Um, You know, the military-industrial complex is in bed with Qatar. We need to pull CENCOM the hell out of there. Either we don't even need to be there or move it to UAE. UAE is is on the opposite side. They would want to be allies with us. They want to get rid of Islamofascists. They'd be happy. They've actually, I think, proposed it. Um, we also need to pull our stuff out of Turkey. Maybe move it more to Egypt, Sisi. There's a lot you can do with that. Pull our troops out of Syria. Stop funding anything directly or indirectly related to PLO, stop all promotion or recognition of a Palestinian entity, an Arab-Palestinian entity west of the Jordan River, support a one-state solution, which, by the way, does not mean genocide. It, like when they say it, it means Israel controls it. Anyone who wants jihad is out. Anyone who wants to live peacefully like the two million Israeli Arabs, you're welcome to join, but Israel needs to control the security of that territory, and Jews have the right to live there in security and not be killed, and they have the right to facilitate the, their ability to do so. And that's it. And then ultimately, stop all funding of terror on our, on our soil, stop all immigration and visas from those areas, close our border and... and how to do so is mainly empowering the states at this at this juncture, at least. And we need to start building the case of loosening firearms laws on automatic weapons. I know some of you are like, no, you're more proficient with uh, with uh, semi-auto. It depends on the scenario, but 
I don't want that option foreclosed. We have to start building support for overturning the decades-long ban on um, on automatic weapons. And that's what it is. We always have opportunities. I don't see a bigger opportunity than this story. Sometimes I, I'm like, I'm working on one story, but then I get really frustrated that something else comes along. Oh, great. So now that's the focus. But sometimes that brings you a greater opportunity to achieve some of this catharsis that we wanted than maybe we thought. Maybe not. I don't know. But we got to try. Because I'm not trying to alarm people. I'm just telling you, Islam doesn't stop. Okay, so there is now an intractable problem. Because on the one hand, Islam doesn't stop. On the other hand, Israel cannot really back down as they usually do. The people there won't let it. Even the leftists in Israel now, they want blood. So we're going to have a lot of this going on in the Western world. This is not about Israel really at this point, and it no longer is. It's about the fact that we have let in hundreds of thousands of time bombs to this country, front door, back door. They're all over the place. And they're going to be rampaging. We got to be prepared and prepared to do the right thing, not to allow governments to, to violate civil liberties indiscriminately, but to target the problem where it is. Let's have a redo of 9-11. God is giving us this opportunity to do it right. Ultimately, it boils down to prayer. We got to pray for peace, but not fake peace, but real peace. And we all have to think of ways to just look internally, better interpersonal relationships, you know, not be nasty for no reason. I think there genuinely is an opportunity for unity among all civilized, unsavaged people. And through the ashes of every Auschwitz could rise a true opportunity of righteousness. And again, pursuing righteousness, pursuing humility, those are the ingredients given in Zephaniah 2 for maybe you will be concealed in the day of the wrath of the Lord and end times literally talking about a war in Gaza. So that's where my mind's at. Um, we'll see what happens next week. Republicans are voting on a bunch of rules and conferences we speak. Right now, it looks like it's Jim Jordan's the guy. So, I mean, look, I'm not excited about it, but there's no other choice. No one on the right has anyone else. So the only question is whether the left half of the GOP conference will challenge him and mount you know, an opposition, say he's he is totally um, unacceptable or not, you know. If not, we need to find a better compromise candidate that would stealthily do our bidding better than Jordan, but won't be as offensive to the, you know, those guys. Um, if Jordan does win, we got to make the best of it and just, you know, get him get him in the right and just make sure he's not pulled by the puppet master. I mean, I'm sorry, I I really don't de desire focusing on Trump, but oh my gosh. The stuff that comes out of his mouth at a time like this, it just, oh, explain to me, put DeSantis and Trump, their rhetoric and rhetoric and, and records and personal life and integrity and all of the package on two sides. Why would you pick 
Trump. I, I don't understand it. If you say what if you believe in what you say, you have an opportunity there. He's not perfect, nobody's perfect, but he's someone that we could get get in our court, and he already is mostly. This other guy is just a shell of a person. Reminds me a lot of Netanyahu, just looks kind of sick and out of it. We can't afford that. We need strong leadership now. Moral clarity. Again, folks, this is where we're at. Hope you guys have a safe, prepared, godly, family-oriented weekend. Let's give Jihad hell. Micah 6-8, Zephaniah 2-3. Till Monday. God bless y'all. And thank you for listening.